Welcome to Season 1, Episode 7 of Operator Revolution, the podcast about operations. I'm Jason Carvello, founder of Toronto-based OperatingAcademy.com. And I'm Clint Overton from the Overton Group in St. Louis. And we are your hosts. In today's episode, we're going to touch on organizational design. Strategy execution is commonly fraught with failure. Having worked with hundreds of organizations, we've observed one consistent misstep when leaders attempt to translate strategy into results. The failure to align strategy with the organization's design. Research suggests that 10% of organizations are successfully successful at aligning their strategy with their organizational design. Some of the problem is a gross misunderstanding of what the word alignment actually means in this context. Most leaders naively assume that it means rigid processes that cascade goals from top to bottom. Launching intense communication campaigns that promote top priorities and shaping budgets to support those priorities. Clint, this is a favorite topic of ours. Let's get into it. Yeah, it is. It's a good one. And I, you know, one that I'm pretty passionate about just based on past experience. And I recognized, you know, very early on in my career, I had a mentor who really valued this, I think, pretty significantly. And it made a pretty, you know, pretty significant impression on me. And, you know, part of it is in particular in companies that are smaller and, and really evolving fast, startups, small businesses, even in the current sets of circumstances that we're in right now where the economic conditions are changing pretty quickly, the ability to pivot is really important. And it's it's important to to understand that you need to evolve your organization to match the changing conditions. And so one of the mistakes that businesses oftentimes make is they get very stuck in a number of different places. And one of them is organizational design. I know that you're quite kind of going through a set of circumstances currently that is, is kind of relevant to this conversation. I'd be curious to hear kind of what you're seeing. With one of our one of my current clients right now, I'm dealing with a symptom of a team that is underperforming, essentially. And we are trying to figure out you know, is it competing priorities? Is it poor governance? Is it cross-functional rivalry? You know, what is the issue that we're dealing with right now? And, you know, is it a design challenge? Are we, do we have the wrong people in the wrong seats? Do we have a misalignment of KPIs and goals and metrics? Do we have a misalignment of the actual role design? So there's a few things there I kind of pointed out. Maybe we can touch, touch into. So maybe we can get into say bad role design maybe misalignment of, of metrics. I think those are both good things. And I think one of the things that's important to note as well is, and we've talked about this really in, in every episode today, is in order to move your business forward, you have to have a launching pad and a very clear path in terms of where you're going. So organizational design, metrics, right people, right seats, all those things are very difficult to do if you don't have clarity in terms of both the vision and the strategy of the business. And if you don't, you're going to be kind of in this constant state of chaos where you're trying to figure out what recipe makes the most sense. So I think a couple of things that are really important to note here is one, getting those things straight. Don't move past the vision or strategy conversation and run right into all these other decisions because they're going to be fairly aimless. But I do think that it's important, really, four principles that I think are really kind of critical. You know, once you've got those things straight, in the organizational design conversation. So it's really about what is the ideal structure based on the strategic actions that you need to take in the relative term. So it may not be a reflection of what you've done in the past or what's worked in the past, 
the reality is, is if you're making a change, you're doing it thoughtfully because of the fact that you're trying to pivot towards something. So the new structure should really align to being able to take action. It also is the identification of key leadership roles. And so back to the strategy and the vision, the goals that you've created, the metrics that you think are important, what are the types of roles needed in order to, to achieve those metrics and goals in, in effectively aligned to the strategy? And I think the other couple of things is really being very clear on roles and responsibilities, and then really having a design that enables you to manage through the change that you're trying to enact in your business. You have to be mindful of kind of all those things in order to really make things happen effectively. And it's not, you know, as we've said a number of times, it's never just one thing. There's there's a lot, lots of pieces and parts to it. Yeah. So with this example, continue on, you know, I went into the organization as I normally do, Begin with an audit, working with the, the CEO to understand kind of risks within the organization, where the fires is as we do so often, and really align on a vision. And we nailed the vision, right? As you said, stated, organizational design cannot work without vision. So nail the vision. And as we move forward, we kind of look at, you know, I documented three levers here that I kind of looked at, which was you've alluded to performance incentives, kind of monitoring and control, and then shared values. And then shared values are part of that core values piece, which is part of the vision. And one of the interesting, to your point about flexibility, one of the interesting issues that we ran into is the company had an exceptional quarter four. And, you know, quarter four is usually the end of the year, especially when you're talking about e-commerce companies, which is the type of company that I'm, I'm dealing with. You have a number of factors that are going to make sure that that quarter is exceptional. As we move into quarter one, we started to see issues in terms of again, performance. And the question had always been after the original audit, were the individuals in certain departments, the right individuals and what was required, you know, in terms of coaching and in, in terms of performance reviews and in, in terms of setting up job descriptions, which were going to align with their skill sets. And I know you and I've had chats about this and, you know, certain individuals don't necessarily perform the way that they would in say a previous quarter. Sometimes it's due to inexperience. Sometimes it's due to the economic situation that the company is in. And then we go back to this again, these levers of performance incentives, monitoring control, shared values. And I think the, the, the interesting question for the audience and also for us that are in these companies is how do we look at an organization? How do you as a CEO manager look at your organization translate differentiation into capabilities? How do you separate competitive capabilities from everyday work? How do you distribute resources and decision rights to the right leaders? How do you shut down irrelevant processes and governance that are stopping that organizational design, as you stated, from being flexible and flexible and elastic to the to the current you know quarter that you're in? Yeah, and I, I think one of the things that came out of a recent conversation we had as well, which I think is likely going to be relevant to a number of the folks in our audience, is that you know markets are cyclical, business is cyclical. Depending on what industry you're in, you know that there's periods of time during a, during a given year where things are going to be riding higher th- than others. Yes, and 
one of the things that I think is really important to understand is that different times, even different times in terms of the economy, but even different times in a in a year may require different things. And so have you if you've gotten to this place where you're very stuck, where your success in a given year is completely reliant on certain periods, and then you find these valleys that are becoming deeper and deeper for your organization and making it more and more difficult for you to move it forward. These are the types of situations that I think really require thoughtful consideration in terms of really realigning the strategy, but then what types of resources do you need to flatten those curves out a little bit? The reality is this, is you're not going to flatten them out completely, especially in businesses that are extremely seasonal. But you have a responsibility to your business, to your team. If you have investors, you have a responsibility to them to figure out how you flatten those things out. And what may be required to do that is that you may need to take different actions, which may require different roles, and in some cases require different people or coaching or training or tools to accomplish those things. And the open-mindedness to that is super important to really make the pivot to making the type of change in your organization that might be necessary to achieve your objectives. So once upon a time, organizational design meant like bringing in a slew of consultants, right? To, to make this large scale change within the org. And we have many large consultants that we know big four that kind of operate and do that. Now we're at a point where, it's not cost effective for these large organizations to come in and make those changes. And therefore organizational design is really following, falling on management and just to you know, dovetail on your topic of pivoting and then also right people and right seats. What we do know is it's an ongoing kind of nipping and tucking within the organization, right? Reviewing organizational resources to achieve that growth level a company is looking for. And then also that efficiency level. And, as you've kind of stated, it does require multiple functional groups working together, right? We're talking about human resources, information technology. It requires many different levels of organizations to get involved. Can we unpack a little bit about that? Being able to get other stakeholders involved, especially if the organizations that were no longer hierarchical were more flat, right? You know, how does one begin to run through the process of organizing? organizational design and go into the organization and say, hey, we need the right people in the right seats. We've got a set of people that are loyal over here. And then we've got a set of people here that have these amazing core competencies. And we need to be able to ensure that we have people that have the willingness and capacity to to move the the company forward. I think it's I think it's an important topic. And you know one of the things that I hear startups and small businesses often say is we're not big enough to do that or we're not we can't have those types of roles in our organization because of the fact that we we can't afford to hire them and so i think one of the things that i really want to get a point yeah, at this point one. across today is it doesn't mean that for every activity required in your business you need to hire a full-time person to do that so let's just start there it doesn't mean that every time you identify a hole that you have to have a one-for-one for, one for those things. But when you recognize that there is enough of a need, you need to spend the energy to really assess what that need looks like. And so taking the step back, and 
try to create like a visual for the folks who are listening today is th- th- this starts with a whiteboard exercise. I mean, it really does. And, and one that requires a lot of clear- clarity and openness to change. Because if you go into the room and you realize you need to make a change, you've gotten the vision straight, you've gotten the strategy straight, you know the places that are exhibiting pain in your business, then you go through the process of literally creating a list of all of the actions that are required in order to move the business forward. And then spending some energy and time around how much effort do you think is required around those particular activities and actions in, in what will take place. And this isn't, this isn't like something you knock out in 30 minutes in the boardroom or in a conference room or the CEO's office. It's an iterative process that may take in some cases, you know, several weeks to kind of work through. But once you have all of those activities, the level of effort that you think is required, then you can start to piece together what an organization might look like in order to effectively execute those things. That that activity should always be, and this is this is going to be hard for a lot of the people you know listening today. Should always be independent of thought of who you have in your business today, because the natural human tendency is to, okay how do we start to give these things to this person or you know can we can we hand more to this to xyz person that is a trap <laughs> and so you really need to step back and you need to be going through that exercise of creating the whiteboard of boxes of your organization what are the actions that need to be taken then identifying what are the types of core competencies and skills required to achieve that that's the baseline before anything else happens. Yeah, 100%. Dovetailing back to my example in you know, being within the organization, we talk a lot about the differentiation of the company. What differentiates the company in the market? Is it the product and service that we're offering? Is it the amount of money that we have in the bank? And ultimately, time and time again, it's the people that we are hiring that translates into differentiation into into a moat essentially and so we know that i know i have this saying which is i don't build companies i, I build people we build people and those people build companies and so it's a very it, this this organizational design can be a very mentally taxing exercise Sometimes when I go into the organization, I'm dealing with an individual who has, again, I'm you know dealing with startups for a lot of a lot of the clients I deal with, and sometimes they've hired their friends. <clears throat> you know, to your point, there's an emotional attachment to those individuals, and this goes back to our our episode last week talking about mindset. You do have to be in the mindset as a leader to realize the past is the past realize you're working on your organization and you want to move that organization forward and to put those boxes up and list out all of those skills that you need. It requires courage. It really does require you to, it requires you to have a hard conversation with yourself and 
set aside the emotionality that's that sometimes is involved in this type of decision making process. It does for sure, and it, that's the that's the tough role of being a CEO or owner of a business or someone who's in a you know significant leadership role is if there is a commitment to move the business forward towards whatever goals that have been identified, oftentimes there's very difficult decisions that have to happen along the way. And, you know, kind of to, to take it a step forward beyond the organizational design, the, the, you know, the lines and boxes and the, the duties and activities and putting those together into, you know, this role is a full-time person, that role is a full-time person. Maybe somebody is wearing a number of hats where they're doing taking on responsibilities like project management and change management in the business that might be part of the IT organization depending on how the organization is designed there may be roles for instance around really trying to be more effective in terms of marketing and sales strategy because we talked about the peaks and valleys that a business may be going through and trying to create you know flattening of the curve it may be a number of different things that are necessary depending on how you're trying to change and pivot your business but once you have those those boxes and activities and roles created, to your point, you're now going, which is hard in itself, because there's a lot of honesty that goes into that, because it's going to start to become very clear to you where you have some holes mm-hmm. and where you probably are going to have to make some very tough decisions. And then what it's going to be is a function of going back and saying, who do I have that can fit into to role X, Y, and Z? What roles do I have that potentially have no one in my organization that can do them? And and are there situations where somebody who has been potentially very loyal and part of the founding of the organization or has been with the business for a number of years has to either take a step back into a role that maybe is not as significant or does not have as as you know elevated of a title or in some sets of circumstances, you may be going through the process and identifying there's really not a seat left for someone in your business to be able to achieve what you need to. And, and those are trade-off decisions. So just understand that if you choose to keep that person or persons on your team out of loyalty, that's okay. You're entitled to make those decisions, but you also now have to be willing to take the trade-off of how it may be holding your business back. I think that goes back to the point of definition of alignment and making sure that's very clear within within your organization. Just to add to that, and we'll wrap up here shortly, I like to also look at symptoms within the organization. A recent exercise I had a few different managers run is do an audit of the quarter and then begin to define out all of the issues that might have taken place very simple exercise you could do on a whiteboard, you can do it on a Google Sheet, and then <clears throat> list in, say, a column, if we're doing this in Google Sheets, list in column B, what is the symptom of that? Ask yourself, what was the frequency of that? And then go back and maybe look at that original whiteboard or, or mural board where you've listed out your capabilities and skills that are required for the organization to move forward and connect those together. For me, being able to view, just say, look, if we look at this quarter, I was able to view the organization, every department, review which issues were going wrong, try and identify the symptoms, and then look at the the design challenge that I was facing. And 
obviously began to have deeper conversations with the team about that. So in summary, you know, if you want to raise the odds of successfully executing your company's strategy, invest the time in aligning your organizational design to embody that strategy. Instead of relying exclusively on the alignment of goals and metrics, broaden your understanding of alignment to include all the components of your organization. Make sure they fit together congruently into a cohesive organization. You'll signal to your people that you're serious about the strategy and avoid the cyclical eye-rolling that often accompanies the announcement of strategies that everyone knows can't be executed. With that, thanks for joining us. I'm Jason Carbello. And I'm Clint Overton. We'll see you next time.